Welcome to the Cocktail Guru Podcast. A show about food, drink, and entertainment. With a tight focus on the good life. And all things delicious, luxurious, and fun. I'm Jonathan Pogash, bartender, author, and the host of Cocktails the Grand Tour. And I'm Jeffrey Pogash, wine and spirits professional, author, insatiable collector of culinary ephemera, and so people tell me, an engaging raconteur. And my dad. Oh, dad, I'm actually looking at myself and I have these like uh, static, staticky hair things. For those people who are watching on the YouTube channel, you can see that my hair is really staticky. <laughs> so apologies. But if you're listening, you don't really know and you don't really care. Um, your hair looks good, though, dad. Thank you very much. I just washed it. <laughs> oh, I don't have static electricity. That, that was a little that information tidbit. There was a little too much from from my <laughs> from my taste. Um I can tell that our guests are, are about to crack up, but we're going to bring them. We're going to bring them in in a second. And I'd, I'd like to go ahead and taste what we have in front of us, which is Dad. What do we What do we have? It is Chopin potato vodka. Mm, I'm going to pour myself. And I, you have it straight in a glass. Neat. I, I have it in one of my famous Bloody Marys. Oh, your famous Bloody yes. Mary. I, you know Bloody Mary is something I love I know, to make. It's, your, it's your passion. I have spent, spent a lot of time studying that. So I love drinking them, and I haven't had one in a while, so this is, has given me a great excuse to oh. produce one. Let me taste Let me taste Chopin uh, neat here. It's, it Please actually do. has been a little while, so this is a re retasting. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's got this full body, and you know, I, I like I describe it as creamy, and it's also perfumey. It's very aromatic. Um, I love the texture when I taste it neat. Also, I detect a little bit of citrus when I taste. Oh yeah, yeah, I get that too. I'm also drinking lemon water on the side um, as well, so it, it kind of does go the, together. In the Bloody Mary, it the, the vodka really comes through. It becomes very pungent and just pierces through. The spices that I've included, and, okay. So and and I do have cayenne pepper oh, in my oh, bloody mary, spicy, which makes it very spicy. Um, so this is actually a very special episode. Not that our episode, our other episodes are not special, um, but this is extra special because uh, we actually have two guests simultaneously, which is the first time we've ever done this. So technology uh, with the Cocktail Guru podcast has really stepped it up. Uh, we're stepping up the technology. But Dad, you want to start with the. Uh, Yes, With we have intro? two very special <laughs> guests, but I'm going to introduce the first, and that's Mr. Tad Dorda. Tad is someone I have worked with in my past life because I was very much involved in promoting and, of course, tasting a spirit known in English as Little Water, but better known by us as Vodka. Tad is the founder let's, and owner let's, of perhaps... Uh... I was going to say, we have to explore the whole past life thing, um, because that sounds very uh, uh, interesting to me. But we'll get back to that. Yes, we will. Because you said, past, that, you said past life. Okay. My past life. Yes. Well, the, you, I am now in my second life with you. Yes. You're what born again. What we're doing again. now is part of my again. second life. Yes. Okay. It's born again. Continue. <laughs> Tad, Tad, who I spent time working with, is the founder and owner of perhaps the most musical of all vodkas, Chopin, an estate-produced vodka made in Poland. Its flagship is made from potatoes, but there is a wheat vodka and there is a rye vodka as well in the portfolio. 
And I must say that I've had the privilege of working with some great people in the wine and spirit world, but only a handful can be considered gentle and distinguished statesmen. Tad Dort is one of those men. His knowledge of vodka makes him an, an incredible, outstanding ambassador, not only for his own brand, Chopin, but for the entire category of vodka. It's a great pleasure for me to welcome Tad Dorda to our episode. And there's Tad. And in addition to Tad, guys, we have a second guest. So Saeed House, a.k.a. Hawk, is a bartender, mixologist, restaurant beverage consultant, model. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) And and is this true, Dad? Uh, You you wrote this uh, earlier. A member of the recording industry? Is that possible? Maybe we can talk about that later. Yes, he can Uh, explain that. Mm -hmm. Okay, photographer, Mm -hmm. and he's got cocktails by Hawk. Um, cocktails made at home. He's considered an influencer. I think we could probably say that. Um, yep. And uh, also a uh, uh, an NFT and crypto specialist, uh, which maybe, <laughs> I don't yes. know. We, we, we were talking about it in the pre-interview, and so we will talk about it. So welcome, Tad and Hawk, together at last. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Great to have you both. Um, and I guess we do have to start off by asking, each of you will start with Tad. What is your desert island drink? So if you, if you were, were trapped stranded, on a desert yeah. island, if you were stranded, what would you love to have as a drink with well, you on the, that desert island? For me, the choice is obvious. I will grow some potatoes and distill them, and that will be Chopin. So, um, <laughs> and because there will be no ice on the desert island, I will have to have it straight and warm, and that's how I like it. Hey, Unless okay. I have some tomatoes and I will make a Bloody Mary. Ah, mm. wonderful. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Saeed, what about I think, you? Uh, you know, uh, Desert Island drink, if, I'm, if I had one drink for the rest of my life, um, I would have to say it would be, I mean, and it is. Today is the day. It is actually National Margarita Day. So uh, I do love my agave, but I will say, yes, the Tommy's Margarita, but my my little twist on that spec is i would like to add an orange peel and do the regal shake you know so you get all that orangey goodness that agave that citrus that thirst quenching goodness but uh yeah i think i could live off of that drink for the rest of my life <laughs> being wow. a great margarita fan i would agree with you so that yeah. sounds yummy <laughs> yummy it does great let me start off with tad by asking about your lovely family. Chopin is definitely a family-owned and operated uh, distillery. Um, I had the good fortune of spending time in Poland and um, having dinner with you you and your family there. And, uh, and I just absolutely love it. And one of the reasons for that is its location. I'm probably going to mispronounce this. Is it Kresg? Kresg? Yes, it's a little village in the eastern part of Poland, which is called Krzesk in Polish. Oh, Krzesk. Okay. And it's, uh, you know, the way that's hard to pronounce, so I will accept you, Kresk. Well, thanks. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, forgive and it is forgive right my on, father. Forgive my father, please. And it's right on the border with um, with a country that's very much in the news right now. And that's we, are, we, are, we are lucky it's about 100 miles uh, from that border, so I guess yeah. we're okay for the time being. Well, it, it happens to be 
the Pogash family homeland, Ukraine. So that area becomes very important to me. And I've been studying it, learning much more about it than ever before. And speaking of family, uh, can you tell us about your family? Your lovely daughter, Alexandra, is part of the Chopin Distillery now. She's brand manager, I believe. Well, she's uh, very much involved. Um, she had a period where she studied and then uh, went into investment uh, banking and other ventures. But uh, she discovered uh, that um, she loved that business and she jumped back by creating her own products, uh, which is uh, Kasama Ram. But at the same time, uh, she's also very much involved in the, in the vodka business, which is the Chopin brand and all of the extinctions, I mean, uh, addition to it. But that's really exciting that she's making rum now. And she's do she's doing that at the distillery, correct? Well, obviously, she's not doing the rum in a distillery because she's promoting a Filipino rum. She also has a Filipino heritage. So that's why her passion uh, and the Philippines is known very much for for producing rum. So she's basically involved in that one. She's discovering the the other side of uh, of the world, which is Philippines. Uh, but that's a wonderful rum uh, where obviously the factory in Poland does all of the rest for her, which is bottling and uh, and uh, and making it ready for uh, introduction to the American market. And I, I, I know the answer on my end, uh, but what is it like working with your family? <laughs> well, it has up and downs, as you know. Oh, does it? Does it? <laughs> yeah, yes. Everybody is opinionated and everybody has his own idea. And if it is not family, you can tell somebody a little bit off. And if it is a family, you can't. So your father will always be the father and I always will be she. Alexandra will always be my daughter, regardless of, of what we think. Uh, we cannot fire any others, you know, each other. So that's, but it has obviously the, the beauty of working and seeing exactly, uh, you know, when the family follows in the footsteps. Well, and the difference is my son can fire me at any time. So. <laughs> that's that's right. I, I'm it's still vulnerable. Jeff, what that went wrong? Well, what went wrong? <laughs> that that may well just happen after this interview. Um, but uh, just kidding. That's a joke. Okay. Um, so so, um, so let's go to Saeed. Um, now, talking about family, also, you know, I'd love to know where did you grow up, and and you know, kind of what was your family dynamic i know a lot of people who started in the bar business um started by like making drinks for their parents <laughs> i don't mm -hmm. know if that was that was part of this or what no uh i wasn't making drinks for my parents but i was making drinks for my friends uh, uh so i you know at least a little bit about me and my background like i was born in la raised in san diego went up to the bay area and got my bachelor's in audio engineering uh, and that's where the Bay Area is where I actually started seeing craft cocktails and whatnot. Um, and I was fortunate enough to work with some really great uh, mentors and stuff like that and notable bar at and bar back at some notable bars and whatnot. Uh, one being uh, Cantina, which is now Pacific oh, yeah. Cocktail, ha uh, which is now Pacific Cocktail Haven. And then uh, after working there, I went over to Prize Fighter in Emeryville, which is also another great bar. Um, but then, you know, I came down to L.A. Uh, and I was like, you know, I really want to continue this passion 
and creating cocktails and whatnot. So, you know, I started bar back in there and then started working my way up to be a bartender and whatnot. And yeah, I just really kind of fell in love with uh, just creating cocktails and just mixing with different flavor profiles and just, you know, exploring it all. And it's like, and the other part about it too is I loved taking care of people. You know, hospitality industry is like, you can't be a good bartender and not be hospitable, you know? So it's like, you really got to like know what you're kind of know what your uh, audience and what your guests want. You know, yes, you can uh, guide them to trying new things. But at the end of the day, they're going to order what they want to order. And yeah. you want yeah, that's what you got to do. You got to give yeah. it to them. Right. You, so, give, you give them what they want. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that, that's the bottom line. And I, and I always remember those famous words. My one of my mentors, uh, Gary Regan, Gaz Regan. Um, yeah. you know, that, that was his big, that was his big MO and, you know, hospitality. He, he taught me all about, um, you know, working behind the bar. And I, I had a similar trajectory. I started as a bar back, uh, as well. And, you know, I think that that's really interesting because when you're starting off as a bar back, you're seeing everything you're, you're, oh, absolutely. you're, you're edging, you know, it's, that's the best on the job training. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like, you know, being a bar back and like, knowing how everything is created, how is everything stored, you know, like making the syrups, the ju actually putting in the physical work of juicing fresh citrus, like it really, you really build the appreciation for what you're, what the bartenders are doing, right? So it's like, uh, that's the, I feel like that is the only way. Yes, you could go to bartending school, but I wouldn't recommend that because at the end no, of the day, bartending either. school, bartending school is not going to teach you uh, the physical work about it. It's just, yeah, they're going to teach you recipes and whatnot, but you can very well learn recipes by reading a book, right? Or going right. online and finding out recipes. But being in like the physical like work of it all, like seeing how everything is made and created and whatnot, that is the true way to like kind of become a bartender. I don't know. I mean, yeah. So there are some people that cheat will be like, they will be a server and they will be a bartender, but they just don't understand the appreciation of uh, the physical work of it all so um yes being a bar back uh, i did that for two years and like i was just like uh i get it now and so i always yeah. have appreciation i have an appreciation for my bar backs you know uh when they're helping me out and you know because like i was there at one point you know i i get the struggle fantastic tad when we were in poland Together. Oh, I want to hear the. I want to hear some Poland yes. stories. Yes, you took us to um, a couple of lovely restaurants and bars, and I think at, at the time this was like fourteen or fifteen years ago. I think, and um, cocktails, I believe, were just coming into being. Craft cocktails, that is. And can you tell us something about the cocktail scene today in Warsaw and other? major cities yes uh, 15 years makes a big difference uh, obviously the, at that time the cocktails you basically brought it with you and we were talking about it because you obviously we were talking to the american audience and the cocktails already at that time were very popular in poland we were drinking it more straight i would say yes. um, and, and now by obviously we are we are just as enthusiastic about cocktails as you are in, in this country. So, uh, so a lot of have changed, but we went to some restaurants which were promoting the Polish food, I remember, mm -hmm. and then we have set it up and uh, 
and uh, and we were trying to match the uh, what we were drinking, and and vodka is a very popular drink, has been a very popular drink for many years because that's where vodka originated from. So uh, vodka in a different ways uh, with the food, and that's what we did at that time. And I I still believe in this tradition, and I still promote it that way. However, I do obviously embrace a wonderful uh, culture of cocktails as well. So, so there uh, is. So things are exploding in uh, Warsaw. Well, I invite you to come back and you will see that's a different world from mm-hmm. what you have seen 15 years ago, both in the distillery and uh, in the restaurants and food and cocktail culture. Uh, it has changed a lot. Fantastic. For, for the better, of course. Mm-hmm. For the better. And, and um, before... We... Go ahead, Dad. Sorry. No, you go. Oh. <laughs> I was just going to say, before the next question, let's take a quick little break. We'll be right back. Hey, Dad, I just retasted Junipero Gin out of San Francisco. Man, it has been a while. This gin is known for being the original American craft gin. It is a bold style bottled unfiltered at a big 98.6 proof. Yes, John, it is bold and delicious, and it works really well in my favorite drink of all time. Hmm, Diet Coke? No, John, no. A fifty. A what? A fifty-fifty martini. Oh yes. Okay, I would have to agree with that. Okay, we're back. Dad is chomping at the bit. He's got a question. Um, one. I wanted to go back to the different types of vodka made by Chopin. Potato is the flagship vodka, but there's also rye and wheat. And can you explain to us what the differences are between the three vodkas? Uh, yes, uh, let's start with uh, what we what do we know about vodka as a consumers, and uh, we probably quite openly can say uh, we know nothing. Uh, basically, <laughs> the only the only word which is uh, word which is used is smooth. Didn't burn me. I didn't have a headache. That's about. Uh, even we were talking about that kind of way about wine, we'll be laughing uh, of, of somebody's ignorance, but that's where we are as far as the vodka is. So tasteless, odorless, uh, without any character. My only question for that is, why would you want to drink something like that? Exactly. I no. But at the same time, I have to say all of that is not true, which what makes that story so wonderful because when I really look at from the production side and the culture and when I grew up, vodka is nothing like it is described and how it is perceived. It's a wonderful product which has a lot of characteristics that we need to explore. So let's start with what you have mentioned, the three key ingredients. Why do we make it out of potato, rye and wheat? Because like in any many other parts, parts of the world, uh, we do it from what we have. Uh, somehow grapes don't want to grow that nicely in our climate. Potatoes do. And because we have that, historically, the distillation, you distill what you have. And let me tell you the difference. The differences between those three are huge. Unless you, if you don't pay attention to it, you will probably not notice. If you're drinking in the cocktails, it does make a difference. Good cocktails is about good ingredients. And so you cannot say, I put a vodka into this cocktail and that's basically going to be the same. Oh, no. Uh, Potato. Uh, First of all, it starts the very 
much more heavy. It's like a heavy wine. It's a it's a viscosity of it. It's creamy as we as we call it. It's very gentle and it stays in the mouth and uh, the creamy sweet alcohol generally is sweet. The rye, however, has a little bit more bite to it. It has a bitterness to it. It has a, the characteristic. It's much more aggressive alcohol and wheat. Wheat is sweet. It's very gentle. For me, it is summery vodka, sipping, very gentle, very, very delicate. So those are the basics of the three. They are completely different. And what is nice to do when we do the tasting is to put them side by side and let people discover and talk about it. And it's, it's always the same. Pe people's eyes open and they are so excited to see that, yes, there are differences. They start to notice it. And once you get that, the journey just starts, and then we can talk about varieties of potatoes. We can talk about vintages. We can mm -hmm. talk about climate, soil, terroirs, all of those wonderful okay. stories that you can that you can really. We should talk about it, and that's basically what exciting and what excites me to be in it. That vodka need to be discovered, and I guess when you came to Poland 50 years ago, that was for the same reason. And when people see what it is. They will never say vodka is vodka again. Mm -hmm. and I, and I, I remember wanna... going. I remember going through that same tasting with you, the potato, wheat, and rye vodka tasting, and it was eye-opening, truly. And based on what you're saying, um, the three vodkas would necessarily produce quite different cocktails if you mix them. They, they absolutely do, and and I think again, I think, you know. Uh, it needs to be stressed, and it, it does make a completely different cocktail, how, how, how it feels. And what I love what you said, uh, Tad, is great cocktails require great ingredients, um, and, and that's a given. And Saeed, I'd love for you to touch on, you know, vodka specifically as an ingredient, and, you know, mm -hmm. what, what allow, how, do you, how do you allow the vodka to shine through in cocktails in general, and, you know, your experience behind, you know, using vodka in cocktails? Um, you know, it's obviously for me, it's just going off of what I taste, uh, in that vodka. So in the past, um, like, uh, in the past I was able to create a martini variation with the, uh, potato, the Chopin potato. And yes, uh, you know, when I was making this martini, it's like, cause martinis, they are such a specific cocktail. And to me, I feel like cocktails that have the least amount of ingredients are the most hard, are the hardest to create. So making a martini that is three ingredients, uh, I did a deep dive in vermouth to find out which vermouth I thought would pair well and kind of figure out what kind of direction I wanted to go with this martini. So for with the Chopin potato, I, I picked up uh, the lo-fi aperitifs dry vermouth. Yeah. Uh, and then that in that vermouth, you know, I found that citrus, that elderflower spice. It has, does have a little bit of gentian in it and whatnot. Um, but then when I was picking up my bitters that I wanted to do with it, I picked up the bitter cube Bolivar bitters, which it has that mm. chamomile has that, uh, Jasmine, a little bit of cassia, some cinnamon, some prune, some raisin, some clove and gentian. So putting those all together really made a delightful martini that just highlighted all the flavor profiles with Chopin potato. And uh, I, I got I to gotta find the actual specs so you guys can try it out yourself and so you guys can see what I'm talking about. 
Uh, and then, you know, for the garnish, uh, you know, to make it nice and pretty and picturesque, I used chamomile flowers. So I found like some chamomile flowers that I just put on top of it and whatnot. But that to me was the ultimate martini and it was so delicious. And I'm, my mouth is salivating right now as I think about it. <laughs> yes, yeah, same. Uh, <laughs> same here, same here. And, yeah. and so going, going from a cocktail like that with very few ingredients to a yeah. cocktail that uh, you and my father both enjoy, uh, you have a mutual obsession with uh, Bloody Marys, I hear. Right. Is that is that true? Correct. Uh, you know, uh, Bloody Marys. I'm very, very specific in particular about my Bloody Marys. And one thing that I find that is a common thing when I go out to bars and order a Bloody Mary is texture. Texture. I feel like every time I get a Bloody Mary, it just I feel like it's just thin. So I feel like my hack for creating a delicious Bloody Mary at home is instead of using just tomato juice, I would recommend uh, getting crushed, canned crushed tomatoes and blending it and then adding your own water source so you can find the perfect balance and texture that you prefer. Because I do like a nice, not necessarily thick, but just uh, a, a Bloody Mary with body. You know, I like yeah. body in my cocktails. So mm -hmm. like meaty, yeah. like a meaty, a meaty yes. Bloody Mary. <laughs> I, I mean, if you're, if you're, yeah, I have to say if you're hungover, you know, and you need to like kind of cure that hangover, it's like you know, like you can't. Sometimes you can't really eat when you're hungover, right? So you want to just drink something. So you want to have something that has that body and that texture that you can actually like kind of regain your life back after a good night yeah. of drinking or what? <laughs> yeah, and um, d Dad, I know you love lots of garnish on your. Bloody Marys, like burgers. No, no, I, no I don't. Burgers and oh, no, I don't. don't. Oh. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, he's he's joking. I don't. Uh, I'll put a lime wheel or maybe a, a wedge or a lemon wheel or wedge, and that's the extent of my garnish. And and I agree with Saeed. The reason that I got on this Bloody Mary kick in the first place is because I was really tired of drinking these thin, watery versions of Bloody Marys in mm -hmm. restaurants. You mm -hmm. cannot, I at the time could not get a decent Bloody Mary anywhere. Didn't matter right. where I went. Some were better than others, certainly. But um, that's what got me started on the path. But I don't do what you do, Saeed. I don't go as far as you do. But based on what you've said today, I think I will start experimenting yeah. with crushed tomatoes. And mm -hmm. maybe it will come out even better. No, I think I think it would. You know, um, it's like I said, it's it's all about texture and Bloody Marys. Uh, mm, last yeah. thing I want is is a watery Bloody Mary. That's the last thing. And know. so and so, cocktails by Hawk, which is your your company. So you're basically you're you're making cocktails. You're pho photographing them. Your video, um, social media. It's like an all encompassing mm -hmm. um, kind of a thing, right? It's just all like an umbrella, right? It's all yeah, bartender related, bartending related, cocktail creating related. It's all, it's all, it's the umbrella company. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, I, I've been fortunate enough to work with a bunch of brands. I've worked with Chopin a handful of times doing some uh, stuff. Uh, and, you know, one of, actually one of my favorite uh, expressions of Chopin, and I'm super fortunate to have this, is actually the family reserve. Um, this bottle Ooh. is Ooh. this bottle stays yes. in my house. It stays. Uh, I this bottle stays restocked in my house, and it's like the actually the only <laughs> vodka that I personally love um, because it's so creamy. You know, when when Tad was touching on the uh, touching on that 
creamy factor about the uh, potatoes, this is that. And this is so phenomenal. <laughs> and I just absolutely love it. But uh, I was able to do some like dope photos and whatnot um, and create and create a nice, delicious martini with it, too. So, um, but yes, uh, fortunate enough to kind of start the brand that I have and, you know, work with a bunch of other brands and actually do some events and whatnot and consulting. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a whirlwind. Awesome. That's wonderful. I can't wait to taste that family reserve one day. That sounds yes. absolutely delicious. I did read it about is. it, but haven't had the opportunity to taste it yet. Um, Tad, there is something I wanted to ask you concerning the history of vodka. Um, when I was with you in Poland, I believe you gave me a bottle of a vodka that was <clears throat> infused with herbs. Do you recall that? Moment. Yes, I recall it very well to this day. Uh, we make that vodka. Yes. And it has that name which of the village where it's made, which you so beautifully pronounce, Kszeska. So, Kszeska. <laughs> that's what the name. And actually, it's a, it's a wonderful product. It was uh, designed, it has about uh, 17 different spices and herbs uh, from, the, from that area. And it's beautiful to sip after dinner as after drink and uh, uh, you know very relaxing and very good for digestion uh, but uh, that's what you have tried we never you know that's a product which we never brought to the united states right. but uh, it, it is locally available yes but the point is it is vodka correct well yes and no because as you know it's all about definition if we change the definition um, of vodka uh, it would be but because it is infused, it is not. And uh, so it is infused vodka, uh, but you know how the definition goes. So we, we can talk about definition of vodka for a second. I will clarify it because it's an interesting that the way that it is written is changing a little bit. But mm -hmm. the way that the definition of vodka is written, we basically can make that out of anything, which is we can make it out of a blue agave. We can make it out of apples. We can make it out of out of grapes and so on. And some of those products are made. But what a beautiful possibility. I mean, I'm going to make a very controversial statement, which is uh -oh. true, uh -oh. which is very true. First time on this podcast. Wow. All of, the, all of the distilled spirits, doesn't matter what they are made of, start as vodka. Mm -hmm. Because yes. if we can make it out of whatever, if we distill whatever it is, local mm -hmm. product, we are going to uh, get a clear distillate and it is going to be vodka. Only afterwards they get certain characteristics because there are certain definitions or requirements or region where they were distilled and they acquired the different names, but they are vodkas. Now, so that gives us a huge possibility. Uh, however, we are in this part of the world where we actually distilled and call it vodka. So um, that's where we are. And I like the simplicity, like, just like Jeff was saying about simplicity of the Bloody Mary that he loves so much. I like the good tasting product, but the simplicity of it, because the life is so complicated and so fast that basically you know, unless we go to expert like Said, who is, you know, so 
so well trained and knowledgeable about it and he just basically makes it in a few seconds without even thinking about it when i think about it and i have to do it myself it will not come that way so basically for me simplicity is the final achievement and uh, speaking of speaking of things that are not simple um saeed we were talking earlier about crypto and nfts um, yeah. And I and I just wanted I know Dad's putting his hands up like I give up. I'm, I'm throwing up my hands. Sorry. I don't want any part of that. Jeff, I welcome you in Poland. We can then talk privately. Oh, that's great, Dad. I welcome that. I'd like to know, uh, please, Saida, any sort of uh, education on that on that kind of thing? Like, what are you doing with it? What's the deal? What are the? What the hell are these things? <laughs> Uh, I know it's lo- you know, loaded questions. I, it is a loaded question, but NFTs to me, uh, you know, that's just, it's just, obviously you've heard this word around and it's just taken the internet by storm and the whole metaverse is, it's a whole thing. But I'll, what I, what I see NFTs are is just a way to kind of sell your art, right? The things that you create. So when I first heard about it, I was just like, you know what, what? I know there's got to be a way I can connect what I'm doing behind the bar, like creating these cocktail recipes and then somehow attaching it to this NFT. Right. So technically what I've been doing is just like, I've been kind of like, it's almost like publishing a book, right? So say you publish a book, you have your cocktail recipes that you have created. They're obviously unique and whatnot and you sell them. Right. I'm essentially selling my cocktail recipes that I've created that are one of a kind and unique and whatnot, or, and say publishing it on the Ethereum blockchain, right? So then, but when you buy the recipe, I'm not only just selling you a, a JPEG, I'm actually selling you an experience. So what I like to do is I like to kind of sell a masterclass and creating the cocktail. So not only are you, you're getting a live, you know, one-on-one Zoom session with me, or it could be with a, a group of five friends that you can invite to this cocktail class and session. Uh, and we do, we get on Zoom. We, I'll send, we, I've been, like, I have been sending the cocktail ingredients to you, to, to whoever buys the NFT. And we do a live, you know, whether it be 30 minutes, an hour cocktail session, creating a class and education on just like, um, a little quick tidbits about bartending, a little quick tidbits about the spirit that I'm selling, that the cocktail I'm selling and whatnot. And uh, I've been able to partner with some brands to do this, you know, and not only are you getting that experience depending on the brand and what the kind of utility is. Uh, for instance, one brand is uh, offering, uh, since they at the distillery, if you buy this NFT, you get uh, like one free cocktail for life at the distillery that, you know, if you choose to visit it and whatnot. So it's a whole lot. I understand. I just kind of loaded a whole lot. (laughs) It's so so much. It is an experience. Uh, You know, it's not just a JPEG, but at the end of the day too, what I love about it is I've been kind of donating uh, money, whatever money that is generated from NFTs, I've been donating it to charities as well. So it's not just like a huge cash grab. It does. There is there is a bigger fulfillment to it where it's like that money is going to charities and it's just like, you know, whatever the whatever the 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 brand or distillery likes to what kind of charity they want to promote whatnot. That's where that money is going to. So I'm not like 
just taking everyone's money and running and whatnot. We're actually giving it back to the community. And that's whatnot. What, so it's, that's what dad thinks. Dad thinks that that's what it is. It's, it's taking people's money and running. But there's, dad, there's, there are legs, you know, that this kind of thing does have legs and I'm, I'm starting to rethink my, my attitude uh, on it and, and wanting to learn more. I wanted to get back since we're toward the end of our podcast, get back to the definition of vodka. Um, if, vodka is supposed to be odorless, colorless, and tasteless, then why do we have flavored vodkas on the market? Mm. They are far from odorless and flavorless. So that kind of contradicts the definition that um, we have established for vodka. So I wanted to go back to that herb and, and spice infused vodka because it wasn't that the way in which vodka was produced in the past. Very much so. Um, that's a very popular uh, tradition that we have in Poland and everybody makes his own kind of uh, infused vodkas. Um, people actually do it at home uh, from uh, the local fruits that they have and, and you know, then they pair it with food and, and they enjoy and they talk about it. So that's a beautiful tradition. Uh, and that's what that uh, herbal, spicy uh, vodka was uh, was uh, connected to when I introduced it to you. Uh, first of all, the tradition of making vodka in Poland is probably about 500 years or longer. Mm -hmm. uh, but we make vodka in the same locations uh, for 125 years, since 1896. So all of that is really very, you know, uh, in the same way and and uh, for many many years and and the whole thing that the tradition is very important if you make a good vodka don't rush it uh do it with passion uh do it you know like a good wine estate and uh, pay attention to it uh it, you know aside said quickly uh, 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 shortly about this special vodka that he has a bottle there which is family uh, family uh, reserve Mm -hmm. And that was a special one. Let me just say two words about it because, you know, potato is not a potato. Uh, there's so many of them and such a fascinating, it's just like vodka. Nobody knows much about it, but it's such a wonderful subject, which maybe we can talk separately on some different occasion. But that particular product is made out of potatoes, which we dig out way ahead of its time when it's when it still doesn't have the strong skin you can almost wash it off but it's uh, we call it young in this country you call it uh, um, in us we call it uh, early in the in the european tradition we call them young they don't have a skin and so uh, they are very the profile is very delicate and but it has an earthly thing uh, beautiful product uh, very hard to make um, and on top of that, it has advantages. That particular product that was there was grown in 2016. So if somebody thinks that vodka, you make it today and tomorrow you drink it, uh, yes, you can do that, but it's like young wine. Uh, it does need time to, to settle. It does need one to mature. And then basically that one is made uh, uh, it was beautiful growing season in 2016, and those are potatoes from 2016, so it's eight years old. Wow. It has been sitting in a, in a <clears throat> special, uh, we call them vats or, or, or tanks for maturing vodka. So 
again, if we start talking about vodka in an intelligent way, it's a beautiful product. We can learn, we can enjoy, we can sip it, uh, we can put it in the cocktails. And uh, the story is wonderful. So, Jeff, come over and we will go deeper into this beautiful world. Uh, I don't know if you want to bring your son with you because, I mean. Excuse me, what am I? Like, guys, Tad, what am I? You know, am I chopped liver over here? We I love mean, the kids. We like the kids, but they, you know, they want to take over. So uh, let's right. let's just right. let's just yeah. do it the old-fashioned way and enjoy it. But anyway, you are welcome. Of course, I'm joking. But, thank you. Um, thank you. Well, when we're, we'd love to go. And um, Tad, this has been amazing. Thank you so very much for being our guest. Um, and Saeed, next time we're in Hollywood, uh, we will definitely hang out and go to some tiki yes. spots and go to go to some of your favorite spots. Let's do it. And Tad, I'm so glad we could reconnect, and I hope that we will stay in touch. Well, let's stay in touch, uh, and uh, let's spend some time together. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you guys. Hey, Dad. Yes, John. Do you like to be adventurous? Well, you know I do. Well, how about a spirit that embodies adventure? You know I'll drink to that. Well, let's go for a dram of Cutty Sark, because you and I both know that you love to live on the wild side. Yes, I do, and I'll have my Cutty Sark in a classic whiskey sour. I can taste it now. Fresh lemon juice, simple syrup, Cutty Sark blended scotch, egg white. Really? Egg white in your sours? John, do you really know me? Check out Cutty on social media, at Cutty Sark USA. That does it for today's show. If you enjoy what we do, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also support the show with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. Just click on the donate button at the top of our website and choose your donation amount. To learn more about future guests, visit www.thecocktailgurupodcast.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. The Cocktail Guru Podcast is produced by First Real Entertainment and distributed by Eats Drinks TV, a service of the Center for Culinary Culture, home of the Cocktail Collection, and is available via Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, and wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 